0: I think being aware of what you want and where you want to go is really important, but having a certain degree of grace for yourself and your business will allow you to be adaptable.
1: Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and I want to start off by saying that I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you are tuning in. I've said it a lot over the last two weeks. There is so much going on right now that is so unsettling and nerve wracking and We're navigating a lot of firsts right now, so I hope that you are healthy and happy. I know that this is a really strange time. It's a strange one for everyone, me included. And so for me, it's been so much fun to have the podcast and these conversations as a way to anchor me really throughout the madness. So I am so excited for this week's new episode. It could not be more on time. On the podcast this week is Olivia Herrick. She's a Minnesota-based graphic designer and the founder of Olivia Herrick Design. Olivia has over 10 years of professional design experience and she serves her clients in a wide variety of industries every day. I loved asking her about her business and what it's been like building her studio. Her number one goal as a designer is simple, to make your life as easy as possible. And so what she offers is more than just design, it's peace of mind. In this week's new episode, we chat all about Olivia's passion for design and where it really began, dreaming bigger and why it's so important to let ourselves explore the different possibilities for our lives and imagine what's possible and how she balances her own creativity with the demands of her business. Olivia shares her love for goal setting, how she's learned to manage her own expectations and allow herself to evolve, that one is huge, the importance of setting boundaries in her business, and how we can shift into a more positive mindset when we begin to appreciate the seasons in our lives. Plus, Olivia shares her advice for young entrepreneurs and designers who want to start their own business. We chat about her new book, which is debuting in 2021, Her Biggest Dream, and so much more. I am really so excited to share this week's inspiring conversation with Olivia. It's raw, it's honest, it's vulnerable, and it really could not be more timely. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Make sure to join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And if you're looking for a way to support this show, I would be so grateful if you would hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is that you're tuning in, and leave us a rating and review review. Ratings and reviews not only help the podcast get seen by new people, but it also shows people what Seek the Joy podcast is all about. Okay, Last thing before we go, before we dive in to this week's new episode, I would love it if you guys would join me in supporting our healthcare workers who are on the front lines right now fighting against COVID-19. There's a critical shortage of personal protective equipment, and it's my hope to continue to support those who are supporting us. I want to do my part, our part to enhance the safety of healthcare workers so that they can really continue to do their part to protect our loved ones and then also protect themselves. So I am really excited to announce our new piece of merch. It's our Seek the Joy pin. I think this pin is so perfect, not only as a way to spread a little bit more joy, remind yourself too that brighter times are ahead and support our healthcare workers on the front line. Every pin purchase will include a $5 donation to support our healthcare workers, to bring them the protective equipment that they need. If you want to learn more about where your donation would be going to, you can head on over to www.getus.com. PPE.org. But of course, I'll include that information in the show notes as well. I really am excited to share these pins with you guys and it feels really awesome to tie them to such an important cause and to give back. So I really hope that you'll join me. I'll include them in the show notes and they're also on our website. All right, guys, that's it. I am really excited for you to hear this one for you to hear olivia's joy and her wisdom and her passion i had so many like light bulb moments in the middle of talking to her for this week's new episode so without further ado here is my conversation with olivia herrick So I think I would really love to start talking about creativity and design and and your journey following your passions and diving into entrepreneurship. Where did your passion for design really begin?
0: Well, it began, it began a really long time ago, honestly. My mom was a designer. They didn't really use that term. She was an art director um, and in marketing. And so for kind of my whole life, she really set this creative tone everything that we did. And she made our house really fun and vibrant. And, you know, we were doing like color studies at age eight. So it was a really, really fun way to grow up. And she definitely instilled like a deep sense of creativity in me. And then I started kind of probably when I was around, maybe 13, starting, started to kind of realize like, oh, this is a job that some people have. They, you know, make signs for a laundromat or a pizza place, or, you know, I started to piece together, like this is a career that people have. Someone is out there making all these things that look different. Um, I thought that was so cool. And I, cause my mom never really put any pressure on me to be a designer or follow in her footsteps or anything like that. And so I started playing around with like PowerPoint on my computer and I would make these fake logos. And at the school that I went to, I, I, got to do some like illustrations for their newsletter. I mean, some, you know, little tiny projects, but it really kind of lit a fire in my heart and really made it clear to me that I wanted to be a designer. So that was when I was probably 13. So I mean, that was a a very long time ago. um, And I have not wavered since really. It's been a kind of consistent love for me
1: ever since day one. Oh, I love that. I think it's so cool how there are these seeds that are planted like when we're really young and we often don't know like that they're even being planted within us and then mm-hmm. they become passions and interests and then you follow them. At any point, did you feel like you wavered away from design or or has it really been like your North Star for as long as you can remember?
0: I guess there was one point. Um, I worked for a nonprofit, I worked for a school for four years. And there was a point pretty early on when I started working for them. um, So this would have been in between 2011 and 2012, where I was just so energized and passionate about being around students as a pre-K through 12 school. So Mm -hmm. I would be with kids from, you know, three and a half years old to 18 years old throughout the course of the day and i just thought oh my gosh should i get this wrong like should i have been a teacher and i i did seriously for probably about a month consider what what it would look like to go back to grad school and ultimately kind of as time passed i was like i think what i'm just finding is i really like this job i really like being in this in a school setting i really like being you know there's something really amazing and so life-giving about kids. They're so innocent. They're so optimistic. They're so positive. And I had come out of a corporate role that was not any of those things. And I just felt so alive being in this job that I think I was like, okay, how can I make sure that I feel this good for the rest of my life? And so I think it's really normal to consider whether or not you're doing the right thing. Um, I think I still think about it all the time. Like just the other day, I was like, should I start this nonprofit, you know, for X, Y, (laughs) Z? And I think it's important to hear yourself out. When you have those feelings and not just say, no, that's stupid or you'll never, you're never going to do that because it might, you know, you might have these crazy ideas once a year that are all wrong, but in 20 years you might have one that's right. So I feel like it's really important to unpack those feelings and lean into them. So I did waver kind of a little bit, but it didn't last for very long. I came crawling back.
1: Yeah. I think what you just shared is really important, and I'd love to talk about it a little bit more, the idea of letting yourself explore and letting yourself sort of imagine the possibilities for yourself. I don't know about you, but I often have found that if I've made my mind up about something, either who I am or what I'm going to do, and then another thought comes in my mind, I like push it away immediately because I'm like, no, I can't go down that path. But I found that it's really been important and kind of like a game changer for me to allow myself to explore like those different thoughts and ideas and passions and what this road could look like. And I don't know. I think often we don't give ourselves enough of an opportunity to really explore what's possible for ourselves. And for me, that's really tied into what I've measured as like being successful for me, like what success Mm -hmm. looks like and like limiting myself in that way. Have you had that experience too, where maybe you had to like redefine what success looks like or really allowed yourself to explore different possibilities
0: yeah i mean i I completely agree with everything you just said. I think that for me, what I have found is that some of the like greatest things that have happened in my life in my career, so stepping back a little bit i I love goal setting like I'm totally into it. Yeah. I have a notebook, you know do the whole I think it's fun yeah me too like that. Yeah. yeah, it's like intoxicating i and it's normal. I think a lot of people like that. And I'm not someone who's like, oh, I want to change everything about my life. But I love the idea of being intentional. I totally buy into the, like, January hype. I I love it. Um, But I found kind of over and over again that a lot of the most significant things that have happened over the course of my life have been outside of what I ever predicted or wanted Mm -hmm. or wrote down on a goal sheet. And so I try to be open all the time to whether or not, you know, it's a new project that I feel like I'm not 100% certain I'm qualified to take on or whether it's getting my heart broken through some sort of like friendship or whatever. It's usually because something better is coming along. Um, I have found that over and over in my life. So just being at peace with the fact that you can't totally control everything and having that like open heart and open mind is going to allow good things to flow to you i'm not i'm not a super woo woo person but i do <laughs> believe that like as soon as you kind of open your heart to everything that can happen in your life, some good things will start to flow your way.
1: Yeah. I think it's such a journey and like a process of allowing your heart to stay open and allowing yourself to stay open to possibilities. Because Mm -hmm. when you do face rejection or you do face disappointment or you're questioning yourself and like you share like your ability and your skills and can I take on this project and am I qualified for this? It's like a constant like mental like push pull, like tug of war in your mind of like pushing yourself and allowing yourself to keep like, remain open and keep moving forward. And it's a balance. It's it's tricky. Oh, it's so tricky. It is. And
0: I think, like you said, the idea of what you imagine for yourself and what you want for yourself, and, and maybe it's not even you. It could be your family. It could be the community that, that you live in. You know, there's generally a certain level of expectations that are kind mm-hmm. of set for you. Um, that are outside of your control, might be your partner, um, a sibling, or even your child. And so I think it is very humbling as a human being to kind of grapple with the fact that you will likely not be what other people think you are going to be, and you might not even be what you think you are going to be. That can be a really hard process to walk through every day, and yeah, it's just... It's wild, and um, I think something especially every business owner has to come to terms with because so often what people start out doing, you know, 10 years later, they're like, oh, my gosh, my business has changed so much in that time. It's interesting to just try to embrace that instead of you know keeping a stiff arm of like no let me control my life let me control the narrative
1: yeah and letting that in instead that just reminded me of something someone has shared with me so many times in my life which is like this idea of not white knuckling your life but like Mm -hmm. approaching your life with like open palms, open hands and allowing whatever's supposed to be here to be and whatever's supposed to come to come, but not holding on like you shared, like with this death grip of like, I've got to control the outcome. I've got to control this. And I'm learning this like every single day. I keep telling myself, I'm going to be open about this. And then no, I want to control it. It's like, like I shared, it's a push pull. It's, it's wild.
0: Yeah, it is wild. And I think that it is just a crazy journey and managing your own expectations. I think is the hardest thing of all. I think a lot of times I'm trying, I'm projecting my own fears on other people, sort of basically telling myself what other people think, mm-hmm. but they're not actually thinking that. It's just what I'm thinking and what I'm afraid of. Yeah, so I don't know. It's It's just a crazy journey. Yeah,
1: I, I love what you just shared about managing expectations, and it goes back to something You mentioned a little bit earlier about how your business evolves and how what you create now might be so different from what you create 10 10 years down the line. So managing expectations for yourself, I think, both in your personal life and then also in your business can be like quite a challenge. How have you been able to manage those expectations for yourself whether that be in your personal life or or be in your business and I guess allow yourself to evolve in that way.
0: It's difficult honestly and I work pretty hard at it. I think one of the biggest things for me is like I said I enjoy goal setting, but I enjoy really the practice of it more Mm -hmm. than specific outcomes. I think being aware of what you want and where you want to go is really important, but having a certain degree of grace for yourself and your business will allow you to be adaptable. Um, I think the biggest thing for me for managing my own expectations is surrendering the fact that, I mean, as we said, I cannot control everything. There are so many things that could and will go wrong Mm -hmm. over time. And the only thing that I can control is my reaction to them. Who do I want to be in those moments when I look back? And I've had many moments like this over the last 10 years of working. And also in some of my hobbies, I play golf competitively. I've had some terrible, terrible, heartbreaking (laughs) moments on the golf course. And I mean, I can literally remember looking back and saying, someday you're going to look back on this moment. How do you want to see yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, and it could be whether it's losing a tournament or whether it's losing a client or anything, you know, for me. My my expectations really mm-hmm. now are more around who I am as a person and less of how my business, you know, it's less business oriented and more personal oriented. So mm-hmm. making those expectations more about me gives me a little bit more of a sense of control because it's just – I'm only focusing on the things that I can do so I can let go of everything else that yeah. the world is the world is taking care of on its own.
1: Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. And I think returning the focus to what you can control, which is how you show up in any given moment and how you want to feel or how you want to look back on like an experience. I think I think that's really important. And we often forget about it. Speaking mm-hmm. of business, speaking of your business, you've been an entrepreneur now for like 10, 15 years? How long has it been? How long have you had your studio?
0: So I have had, I've been working with freelance clients for 10 years. So it's a little, it's a little confusing. I've been a professional designer for 10 years. I have been running my studio full time for Um, About four years. I worked professionally full time for six years. So, and those jobs were so important to me being able to open my own studio. So, um, that's kind of how I got to where I
1: am today. I think what you just said is really important that the jobs that you had before, or during, or whatever the timeline might be, when you were a freelancer or or had your own studio, having those those jobs for six years really was important for you to be able to do this and and laid the foundation. And I would love to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that because I think often in this kind of entrepreneurial solopreneur climate, we think about people who just like jump right into having their own business and being super successful, but we often don't think about or talk. Enough about how being in a corporate structure or a nonprofit or or in just a nine to five in general, like really can lay the framework um, for us to be able to do that. So. I don't know. I don't think we talk enough about it. I don't think so either.
0: And I get a lot of people who ask me for advice. I love talking to young designers. I love giving advice because I had a really hard time getting to anybody to talk to me when I was a young designer. Yeah. And so I try to always, you know, respond to people who are green, who are new, who need some help. But one of the most common questions is like, I want to, you know, these people are 22 or they're, they're like fresh out or they've never freelanced before and they're like I want to start my own studio I want to quit my job and I'm like whoa 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 you know first of <laughs> all if they're coming out of college I'm like go work for somebody else yeah. it's amazing it's so great first of all you you don't have to worry. Like you can truly leave work. That is definitely the biggest thing that I think people don't realize with running your own business is that every single problem is your problem. And, you know, granted, generally things are going A-okay 100% of the time, you yeah. know, 95% of the time. Um, but when something does go wrong, it's just on you. And it's a lot, it's a lot of burden to bear. And there are so many benefits to working full-time. I mean, so obviously beyond the obvious, like, consistent pay, health insurance, you know, (laughs) some kind of general things. Um, Things that I really missed when I transitioned out of it were just human interaction. I did not realize I'm an introvert. I love like recharging on my own. It's totally my jam. But I all of a sudden was like, whoa, I am so alone. Mm -hmm. There is... Nobody here. And I just miss like the day-to-day banter, eating lunch together, dealing with problems, you know, last minute deadlines, like everyone working together. And I really thrived in that environment. And so um I loved it. Um additionally, when you're new in anything, you know, whether you're a designer, a photographer, a copywriter, literally any any job where you could kind of transition into Freelancing at some point or being a solopreneur when you 're new, you know even if you studied whatever your particular skill set is in college, you pretty much know nothing of actual value, like you need to get real life experience with you know real serious um, yeah. results that are on the line, and when you do that as part of a full time job you 're protected by your company, your peers, there's extra layers of people to fill in when you don't know what you're doing. So there's, there truly are so many benefits. And I always tell people like, go get a job, just work full time, try to get a job. If you can't get a job, that's a different story because it is a competitive market. Um, especially in a lot of industries, especially in creative industries. But if you can like, go try to learn everything you can from anyone that you can. And, like, be a bright spot. A lot of people, a lot of people I hear from are super unhappy in their jobs, um, like miserable. Mm-hmm. And I always try to tell them, I'm sure you have a colleague who is just always in a great mood, brings a good attitude. They're fun to work with on projects because they always have a solution. You know, they're not whining and complaining because if you work anywhere long enough, you will find that people
1: love to complain about their jobs. It's just kind of a natural. Yes, do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, literally every job I've had. You like, can bond around that. But if you can yes. bond around the good parts too, I think that's so beneficial.
0: Totally. And that's why I always say, just try to be the bright spot. Like, Be the joy, be the exciting, happy person that people want to be around because you see the good in the work that you're doing. And it's really hard to do because like you just said, we default to complaining and negativity. That's just like a normal... Like, oh, this weather is terrible, or whatever the small Mm -hmm. talk is. To like, oh my gosh, can you believe Jay on this project is ridiculous? But I think if you can find a way to really embrace the season of your full time job, take every opportunity to learn and push yourself and think of it. If you do know that you want to work for yourself sometime down the line, just be like, every day that I'm here, I'm becoming more valuable to my future clients. And trying to tell yourself that it's all going to be worth it in the end, um, which can be hard to do, admittedly, some days. Yeah.
1: yeah. What you just shared is so important. You said this season of this job this 9 to 5 job i think that's so important because often we forget like when we're super miserable about something we forget that it's temporary. Like that feeling is temporary. That job might be temporary in six months to a year to two years, whatever the timeline is, you could move on and do something else. And so I think appreciating that season, whatever it might be and figuring Mm -hmm. out like what the value is for you. How are you growing? What are you learning? What skills are you like growing and developing for yourself? And what you said about becoming more valuable to your future clients, I think that's, that's so important. So if there's anyone listening, that's totally miserable in what they're doing. Because I think even if you're not miserable all the time, there's going to be a time where you're like, oh, this is so boring. I don't want to do this anymore. And then a month might pass and you might feel differently. But like even just creating a list for yourself of the value it's bringing to you and what you can take from it and recognizing that it's a season in your life, it switches like that perspective for yourself. And I think makes it easier to continue down the path that you're on and, and maybe not Feel like you need to pull that trigger so quick and and move into entrepreneurship or or just changing your life so drastically. I love what you shared.
0: Yeah, it's hard to do. It ha- is hard to so be so hard. Yeah, to like settle into that kind of gratitude mindset. I also have spent um, a fair amount of time and have read quite a few books about just kind of the general state of um, the workforce in America, mm-hmm. job security, understanding. For me, it just created an even deeper understanding of like, wow, the fact that I am employed, the fact that I know I'm going to be able to make it to my job today. I have transportation. This is a this is a salary job. There are so many things that I think a lot of people take for granted. And some of the minor inconveniences that we might have in our nine-to-five jobs are many people would give anything to be in that situation and it doesn't diminish your feelings. Your feelings are real if you're, and I certainly would never advocate for somebody to stay in a job where, you know, they're being emotionally abused or it's physically dangerous, but I think having a better sense of how incredible it is to have a job that you can even tolerate or like a little bit, it's a huge gift. And so working that mindset in a little bit, to your day to day to try to
1: you know it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective, yeah, without a doubt. And I'm I'm grateful that we're talking about this because I think often there's such a negative perception of that nine to five and. Listen, I mean, I have moments and days and dreams of doing my own thing too and like what would that mm-hmm. look like, but also appreciating, you know, where we're at right now and and seeing the purpose that it's serving and I love that the 9 to 5s that you had and the jobs that you had, it really have laid the foundation for what you're doing with your studio. So, I would love for you to share, you know, the kind of work that you do do and the kind of designs that you work on and and what has it been like for you then after having these 9 to 5s and and laying this foundation for yourself to then go off often create something of your own and and really be, I guess, in some ways, like really in charge of what you create and how you spend your time.
0: Yeah. I would love to talk about my studio. It truly is like my pride and joy. I'm so passionate about the work that I do. Um, So I do primarily visual branding, so logo design, print work, and then that would be anything from, you know, like a brochure to business collateral. I've designed books kind of all over the map. And then finally packaging. I do a lot of packaging work, everything from food, consumable goods, like some, I'm working on a couple of CBD brands right now, working on a few skincare brands right now. So all across the map and that would be everything from a snack package that you would find in the, you know, mm-hmm. like Cheez-It aisle yeah. to the lip balm that you'd find in a Whole Foods, so just kind of all over the map for different brands and categories, and yeah, it has been very fulfilling to run my own studio. I have truly loved every second of it. I mean, it has been really hard, and there have been some low moments over the years, and that's Mm -hmm. normal in any job and for anybody running their own business, but ultimately at the end of the day, I just... I have this post-it note on my computer and it's just my handwriting and our mission statement kind of is that my studio, you know, our studio exists for our clients. So Mm -hmm. on this post-it note says for the clients and it just reminds me, you know, if you work with clients, there's going to be moments in your day to day where you're like, oh, that's kind of an annoying request or whatever it might be. And so it just constantly sets me back to like, okay, how cool that I get to serve all these different people and helping them achieve their business goals and launch these new products or reimagine their brand. And that it's very, very rewarding to get to help people. Basically, you know, we start with nothing and we end up with something that is them, you know, but in A brand format. And so it is such a thrill. And there are challenges like any job, but I
1: truly, truly enjoy it every day. I mean, of course, there are challenges, but challenges that you're excited about and like willing and have the tools and the skills to face. And I think that's what's so cool is like when you find your passion and what you're excited about and then you turn it into a business, you know, I think it goes one of two ways, right? Like you're working and you're surrounded by your passion, but I think often it can get. Monotonous, or I don't know what the right word is that I'm searching for, but I think it can be tricky, like balancing the demands of your business and and knowing that this is your passion, but also, you know, maintaining and serving your own creativity. Does that make sense? Like, I -hmm. think sometimes it's really hard to do that. How have you been able to balance the two, like balance the demands of your business and Mm -hmm. also making time and space for your own creativity?
0: Yeah. So I would say my answer to that would be twofold. So the first Piece is really more of a kind of actual my actual creative practice. How I keep that fresh and that for me is just um, this kind of interesting thing I've developed where I just design something for myself every single day. It's I literally call it creative practice. Mm. Um, it's kind of like if you wanted to be a really great violinist, you know, you'd be on violin, you'd be playing the violin every day. It's kind of like some sports are re- referred to as constant touch sports. Like you can't take six months off from basketball and think that you're going to come back and be great at basketball. It's just like, I kind of take that same approach to design. And obviously I am designing five days a week for work, but I still try to on those days as well, create something that's totally my own. And oftentimes those Exercises are what ends up on Instagram that I post. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a more logistical, like my actual creativity, how I stay fresh day to day. But kind of in a broader sense, um, I am really passionate about my business and it is extremely important to me, but it is not my whole life. I mentioned earlier that. I play golf, amateur golf competitively, and it's a big hobby of mine. I spend a lot of time training, practicing, competing. Um, My husband and I, we go camping. We're up north. We're outdoors. Um, I have a really clear separation in my life Mm -hmm. between my personal life and my business. And my business is not my whole life. And I think that that is something that's also getting really blurred with social media. People... People are like, if you don't share your house, you know, people, you want people to connect with you personally. And I'm like, oh, I just don't subscribe to that. And it works. It works super well. And I follow tons of people who I love, like a little look into their lives, but I really have tried to carve out my own life separate from my business. And that gives me a ton of creative energy because it means that when I come back to work on Monday, I am like starving, ready to go, full of new ideas, and... Ready to serve my clients.
1: Yeah, that reminds me just about the importance of really creating boundaries for yourself in both your life Mm -hmm. and your business. I love that you've been able to create this separation between your personal life and your business, and it has really allowed your creativity to flow and to flourish. And because I was going to ask you, you know, how do you stay creative every day? So the fact that you really carve out this time for yourself, like to create for the sake of being creative, I, I totally relate to it. And I think if we can remember to do that every single day and, and just carve out like 15, 20 minutes for ourselves. I think it just, it, it keeps you going. It keeps you going.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be a very long time. I think that's a misconception. A lot of people have like, Oh, I have all this work. I have all this client work. I can't do that. But I mean, I'll literally, well, some days it might be an hour, but some days it might be 10 minutes and I Draw the letter A fifty times. I mean, it's it could be anything, and there's a lot of different ways to do that in different professions as well, too. Not just design. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's applicable to every aspect of our lives. And I want to talk about this announcement that you made on Instagram that you're writing a book and that it's coming out next year. So, did you ever see yourself like writing a book, or was this one of these things that just like I think you shared earlier in our conversation, like was something you never planned and just showed up. And it's like one of the greatest things ever. I just, I love this. So yeah, did you ever have plans to write a book? This was
0: definitely in the latter category. <laughs> I, yeah, I have always dreamed of writing a children's book and I still would love to do that someday. I think that some of my illustrative work would be a good fit for it. So that that is kind of totally, been in the back of my yeah. head. But this definitely came out of nowhere. I got an email from this publisher who explained what they were hoping to do and wanted to know if I would be interested in it. And initially I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. (laughs) And then I thought about it more and, just decided to kind of jump and go for it. Yeah. And so I'm really excited. It's a small, it'll be a small book. Um, the exact dimensions aren't finalized now, but it's, it'll be a square. And so probably somewhere around six by six inches. And it'll be really similar to my Instagram feed, which is full of really vibrant illustrations that are paired with kind of short quips of my writing and some writing of others. So it'll hopefully just be a really, really, positive small book that you know would be a sweet gift or you could like throw in your purse or on your nightstand or give to a friend. And yeah, hopefully just be a kind of a day brightener book.
1: Oh, I love this. What has what the experience been like working on your book and putting it together? Well, it has been kind of crazy. And actually, I haven't <laughs> done uh, probably as much as
0: I should have. The first thing that I'm doing right now is actually an audit of all of my existing work. So one of the neat things about this book is that, um, and I don't see myself this way, so it is kind of weird for me. But um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that they we're looking for is someone who has some people who enjoy looking at their work on Instagram. I refuse to call myself an influencer because <laughs> I don't feel like I am. So but I, I gotta say of-
1: everything you share on Instagram is so positive and inspirational and relatable and, and like speaks from real experience and, and things that we're all going through. So I see why they approached you because it makes Thank total you. sense to me, but I get it. I, I understand too how you feel.
0: Yeah. Like I refuse to, I'm I can't put myself in the box, like I'm an influencer, but that is essentially, so a lot of what has been on my Instagram account over the past probably year um, or two years, probably 50% of what I've posted over the last two years will get put in the book. And then there's a huge number of new pieces. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, probably 80 new pieces and Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a ton of work. I'm doing just kind of an audit right now of all of my existing illustrations. There's also a lot of stuff that I have already designed that I've never published. So, you know, I'm trying to create a flow in terms of color. And I work with the publisher on this as well for the order of everything when it's turned in. But just trying to make sure that, you know, I don't look back and realize that half the book is green or whatever. So <laughs> creating kind of a color story and it has been a very interesting process and it has forced me to lean more into my work as a bit of an actual writer in terms of words. Yeah. I, do, I do have a degree in journalism, so writing is something that I've always loved, but certainly never something I thought I would actually do as part of my career.
1: Yeah. I think this is so cool. And I think just the story of how it all came about just really goes to show that when you're out there and and sharing, you know, your passion and your art and your work, whatever that might be in whatever category it might be, a blog, a podcast, um, design, um, whatever it is, you never know who's watching and looking and who's going to be inspired by you. And so for anyone out there, I would just say like, use Olivia's journey and story as like inspiration to just share what you're excited and passionate about because you have no idea like what it will turn into.
0: Absolutely. And I don't mean to say either that if you just have a bunch of Instagram followers, that's the ticket. Um, There are actually four, four women who are, Instagram illustrator influencers who are going to have books. So there's kind of four of us in this little mini collection and you know, one of them has over a hundred thousand followers, but one of them has like 1500 followers. So it's not like you need to have a ton of followers to make these things happen. I completely agree with what you just said. Like you just need the eyes of the right person at the right time. And for me, that meant a lot of years of doing work and sharing work where nobody saw, there were no eyes on it. And then finally, you know, just happen to catch a tiny stroke of good luck.
1: Yeah, I, I love what you just shared because I think Instagram followers or number of subscribers or whatever it might be can often feel like a barrier to entry to opportunity and it doesn't have to be. And I, I love that what you just shared, the range of 1,500 to over 100,000 Instagram followers. It doesn't matter. It's really about who you are and what you're sharing and not the follower count because I think it can totally be a barrier to entry for, for so many of us and, and super intimidating. Too.
0: Yeah, it really can be. I've recently shared a post on Instagram about my kind of social media philosophy. And the general sentiment was, you know, only post what you like, don't worry too much about followers and likes, that type of thing. basically, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Totally. Don't run yourself into the ground emotionally around Instagram. And somebody commented and said, you know, this is an honest question. Do you feel like you would feel this way if you didn't have any followers? Or Mm. can you only give this advice because you've already quote unquote made it and you have some people that are following you already? And my philosophy from the very beginning has truly been that Instagram is something that I do for fun and I do for me, but I cannot and like refuse to look at it as a way to obtain clients. I have gotten clients through Instagram, but I put way more emphasis on word Mm -hmm. of mouth and referrals because that is the best possible, you know, ROI for me in terms of booking new clients. But yeah, I thought it was interesting, an interesting question um, in response to my post, and totally fair, but I really truly think that if more people could really benefit from stepping back from social media as the number one tool they are using and looking you know a lot of people look at it as a client acquisition tool and it can be but if that's the only way that you're looking for clients you're going to be looking for a very long time yeah like A really long time. Yeah,
1: Diversifying yourself in that way and not letting yourself like emotionally get caught up in like the push pull of social media because that's exactly what it is. I mean, you're on a high and the next day you're on a low and often it's it's because of the number of likes you got on a post. So having that perspective and and not putting all your eggs in one basket like you shared, I think is so important. Speaking of Instagram and, and your book, and I'm so excited for you. And it'll be so cool to have like a tangible, like in your hand collection of all of your quotes and things that you've shared. Do you have a go-to quote or affirmation or mantra, something that you hold on to that continues to inspire you every day?
0: That's a great question. I think, you know, I love words. Like I just am so my whole life I've loved song lyrics. Mm-hmm. I've loved poems. I've loved quotes. i you know, in my journals from when I was eight or nine years old, I was writing down like random inspirational quotes and words have just always spoken to me. So I feel like I cycle through a lot of different things, which is fun and amazing because what's neat is that you can see something and then it doesn't really hit you at that time in your life or doesn't mm. sit with you and then you see it again or hear it again and you're like oh my gosh this is speaking to me so I don't have like a go-to I have one quote that I love that I someday would love to put up in our house in kind of a larger scare. it's a Laura Um Girls Wilder quote and I can read it if you want yeah, me to please yes okay there's a little passage. It says, the real things haven't changed. It's still best to be honest and truthful, to make the most of what we have, to be happy with simple pleasures, and to have courage when things go wrong. So I think I spend a lot of my life trying to simplify, scale back, remove myself from some of the kind of digital, emotional turmoil that can come with running an online business. And so I love that quote. It just kind of puts me in the Laura Ingalls Wilder mindset Mm -hmm. of a simpler time.
1: I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that quote. What would you say is your biggest dream?
0: Oh, my biggest dream. You know, I think that in this past year, I've made a really big step towards it. I used to have my life and my work bled together a lot more. And I had this desire mm-hmm. for them to be separate, but I never really took any steps to make that happen. I didn't set any boundaries or if I did, I just gave in immediately. You know, an example of that would be clients were always texting me and they were texting me on the weekends and at night. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for me to manage that and try to be present at home. And so finally I just said, you "No, know, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't Use, I don't use texting for my clients. And so sort of small things to separating my life from my work. I moved my office out of my house. And now when I come home, I'm ready to be home. I used to work every night after dinner. Now I read. So I think my biggest dream is to have a life that I love and a business that I love, but to have those two things be two separate things. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit closer.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. This emphasis on boundaries and really taking care of yourself and your family and allowing every aspect of your life to thrive like as a result of creating these boundaries. I have Mm -hmm. loved having this conversation with you. Thank you for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. We talked about so much and I think it's going to be so valuable for so many where can everybody find you connect learn more learn more about your studio yeah
0: so the best place to find me would be probably on instagram i'm at olivia herrick design. And then my website is the exact same thing, Olivia and And those are kind of the two real places to find me.
1: Perfect. I'll include everything in the show notes. It'll be so easy to find you. And Olivia, just thank you so much again. This was, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for chatting with me. Oh, thanks, Sydney. Good to talk to you.